Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 44, coming at you from the Riverwood Gallery Studio and Minger True Value Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm your host and producer, Eric Fisher, the Big E, joined in person by Ramsey Thompson. Ramsey, how you doing, buddy? Awesome. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. And joining us via Zoom, back-to-back weeks for the first time in probably six months, Justin Dahl. Hey, it's good to be back with you guys. You know, back-to-back episodes, ratings are going up. So, you know, we're just going to keep keep this thing lock and loaded. And, and pretty soon I'll be able to join you guys in studio. I'm, I can't wait for those days. So I do got to say, I, I do not wait. know statistically speaking if the ratings are going up. <laughs> I didn't check this week, but I'll take your word for it. Even though you, don't, you don't have access to the ratings or anything like that, but I'll take your word for it. Oh, they're definitely going up. All right, so we start. There's, or there's plummeting. no doubt about it. Or plummeting. Yeah, it's one or the other. No. But you were talking about Mac Jones last week. That, that gets no one hyped. Uh, he's a winner. That's the bottom line. So we start off the episode with what we always start off with. We've got our partners over at Ray's Energy. New flavor dropped again today, the Franken Sour. Sour. And they've got their, their, you know, their four-pack trial pack. They've got plenty of they got T-shirt combo packs you can get. All sorts of good gear going on. Repsports.com, code root four R O O T number four for some Frank and Sour limited edition flavor drop. Check it out. Looks like Grave Digger actually. The it does. Kind of yeah. Me of a Grave Digger. Grave Digger Monster Truck. Yeah, not the X Nice. Right. Yeah, good stuff going on there. I really can't wait to get my hands on some of that. Um, so that's what's going on with Ray's Energy. Code root four R O O T number four. Also. Out there, we've got our partners over at Monkey Knife Fight. And like I said, you know, if, if you want to win some money, go play some contests over there. You're almost guaranteed money if you go play, like, the Touchdown Dance Competition, all these other ones. I mean, if you look at this this last Packer game, you go, what? You know, you go Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon. Well, you can't go three on the same team, but you go Devontae, Jones, or Dillon, and then, like, T. Higgins or um, Jamar Chase. That was a win. Can't go wrong there. Speaking of Jamar Chase. Speaking of Jamar Chase. That dude is a stud. That dude can fly. That dude is a man. So we'll have a lot to talk about with that, but that's way to put money in your pocket. Try to just pay your rent for the month. He did all right. You watched your tongue about Jamar Chase. (laughs) <laughs> he did all right. He wasn't no Mac Jones, but he did all right. Oh, my. That's that. We're already starting off with Justin's terrible take. So <laughs> with that, we'll start off with what we always start off with. What we had rooted for in the last <laughs> week. And, Justin, you why don't you go first here, buddy? This is the easiest and greatest pick for me. So, boys, I'm enjoying my football Saturday. It's It's a... You know, for me, that's an all-day affair. Hang out with the kids. Let the wife go do what she wants to do. Yada, yada, yada. I'm watching football all day. I had um, the two best football games of the season for college football in, in what was Texas, Oklahoma, which was just a phenomenal football game, and Ole Miss and Arkansas. I'm picking Ole Miss and Arkansas mainly because Arkansas has a guy 
a linebacker on their team. He's a stud. He's, I don't, he might be leading the SEC in tackles, but he's leading, he's leading the nation in being the best named person of all time. This dude's name is first name Bumper, last name Pool. His name is Bumper Pool, guys. How can you fight against that? How can you not root for a guy whose name is Bumper Pool? You guys understand what I'm saying here? This guy's name is the top echelon of names of all time. Justin's second bad take for the episode. What? Are you kidding me? Justin, there are this I can think of two better pool. games already from this Bumper weekend. Pool. What about Bumper Pool? It's a great sport. Yeah, for 12. Have you never played Bumper Pool? No, I like regular pool. And usually I'm too <laughs> drunk to play that. <laughs> See, you you guys just don't. Eric, what names you got? I, I don't even have names off the top of my head. I just think of better games. Uh, that no, being no. the Penn State-Iowa game for the Big Ten and Texas A&M knocking off Alabama. Not better than what those two games were. No way. Does anyone no care way. about Old Miss Old or Mi- Arkansas? Well, they're top 15. Can people even tell me what states those are from? Oh, my God. Yeah? Are I we mean, sure? I would hope so. But are we sure? Are pe- can well, can over half of America point where Arkansas is? On the map, probably not. But can they tell you what state it's in? Yeah, I'm sure they could tell you what state Ar- the University of Arkansas is in. I'm telling I don't you, know. This game ended up 52-51. It was a barn burner all the way. Well, I thought you said this Arkansas, linebacker was a stud. He was. He gave up 51 points? Both of them are very good offenses. Bumper Pool okay. gave up 51 points. We're hyping this guy up like he's the next you. coming. Bumper He's like Poole. the next Ray Nitschke. You know who he is? He's Blake Martinez today. 2.0. Yeah, literally. Just let's get a bunch of tackles that don't matter. What, no what's wrong with Blake Martinez? Well, for the first off... Like I said, so he's a league anymore. He tore his ACL like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Kick a guy while he was down, Eric. That's real possible. He was a bum. He was a great. bum. Great. He was a definition bum. Guy tears an ACL and you're just kicking him on. Well, maybe down. he should have a better ACL. You're the ACL. worst kind of person there is. No. Maybe his ACL, ACL should be you're, tougher. You're not only a jinxer, oh, but you're, you're throwing already. dirt on the face of people. Eric. I'm throwing dirt on you're Blake a, Martinez. All I I'm hope saying, he tears his other ACL. I'm not going to go that bumper, far. All I'm saying pool. is that he got meaningless stats. There's this other ACL. Yeah. This is a great family show. Get... All right, Ramsey, what you were for? With that. The only thing that mattered on Saturday was Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder 3. One oh. of the best boxing matches that was we incredible. Incredible. of all time. What was going to happen there, Justin? Tyson Fury's gonna knock his ass out. That's what he did. And I paid the money, and I watched it happen with a smile on my face the entire time. That was my it Christmas. Wasn't a shot. I won't put it up a Christmas a tree, but that was my Christmas. Your wife will, though. She will. No, but I won't. I, I, I would say it was an exciting fight. I had a great amount of enjoyment just watching. So that, that was Francis. your first Tyson Fury fight, correct? Yes. Is he not the like weirdest looking dude? Tyson Fury, I, I tweeted this out during the fight. Dude is my new hero. My, Comes out in a Trojan helmet. He's got Shook Me All Night Long as his walkout song. And then he puts on a Jesus Fish hat. 
I, I takes off the Trojan helmet. He just he's this big dude who gives fat guys like all three of us a, a, a hope for a better society. And and he's out here rocking Trojan helmets and Jesus hats and putting down the ass heavyweight champ. The dude's from the UK. He's sitting singing Sweet Home Alabama before he walks out. Comes out to shook me all night long. The dude Stallion. is a, the dude is a whole mood. What's the opposite of the Tyler Hero Nugget of the Week award? The Tyson Fury fist bump. The Tyson Fury fist bump. He deserves every day. Tyson Fury is my <laughs> hero. He's a pretty cool dude, but it's boxing. Nobody cares about boxing. Boxing is We've covered boxing. design. I, like I said before, I would rather watch a boxing pay-per-view over a UFC pay-per-view any day of the week. Oh, I still so having I got I have that is a, a couple, bad team. No, no, no. Let, let me, that let is me, a bad box. The world heavyweight title in boxing feels bigger than UFC. UFC. Here's what I'll say. Which I've, title? I have officially That's experienced. That's the problem with boxing. There's like ten titles. There's like Nobody four, and Tyson Fury has them all, or he has three of the four. He's gonna have them all here shortly. I right. will say this. I I have officially so experienced a heavyweight another boxing heavyweight match. champion. There's one, yeah, and that's there's some controversy with that. We talked about that last week. I've officially experienced yeah, a boxing loser. match watching with Ramsey and a big Connor fight watching with Ramsey. And I will say it's not knowing boxing, I wasn't as hyped as it per se until Tyson Fury walked out. But the either way, the star studdedness of it, if that's a word, it is now. Um I mean, like Ramsey said, though, for both, the world comes out for both. The biggest names were there. It was an event and a half. It was something you ha- I felt like was must watch. Yep. And it's, it's truthfully, it's one of those things I probably wouldn't have watched if I wasn't friends with Ramsey. I love boxing. But it, it was fun to watch. It, I don't know if I'd say it's bigger. Just because yeah. at this point where boxing is, but the same time, like you had that same feel, the same environment, the same celebrities, everything was that. I will say this though, boxing needs Bruce Buffer, the greatest in ring. Can you imagine that we had on the biggest fight of the year so far, and Justin didn't want to come over? We invited him. I invited everyone on the podcast. None of you guys show up because it was boxing. I showed up. Luke showed up. It was, uh, it Josh showed up. Megan showed up. Shana showed up. Shana showed up. But no one else did. I invited all you guys. You just had to shoot me a text, asking for the Addy, and no one responded. So shame on you guys. Boxing. All right. So I got I got to do what I had rooted for, and I'm not usually one to do this. What I had rooted for was my fantasy football team this week. I had the oh biggest matchup in the Rupert Wisconsin show. League to date. And that was one Eric Fisher versus one Shauna Hallbach. And Eric Fisher won lose. so big. This is why we're losing ratings, Speaking Ramsey. of winning. Ramsey got a big win this week. Kick some ass, Tyson. Finally. Tyson, down goes Tyson. Got, you just lost to the worst guy in the handled. league. Yeah, you got touched. But Oh, man, I... Shocker! Just loses all of my ball. leagues this week. I got I got handled this week in all of my leagues. It was terrible, terrible week for for Coach Daw. Terrible. So week. I I had a I had an okay week. I mean I, that was the only one I ended up getting. 
thanks to Hollywood Brown having 30 points in Monday Night Football. But across the board, like I said, just one of those fine, you know, fun weeks where you're hanging out with the person that you're playing. And also, I got to shout out my brother here. I know he's probably not going to listen because he's just like that. Marky Mark, hold on, getting the win his, in, in one of the Southern League I play in. Marky Mark had three guys in his starting lineup who didn't play. He had Chris Carson, who was out on Thursday, George Kittle, who was on the IR, and Dalvin Cook, who got benched last or was inactive last minute. And Mark still was winning, thanks in part to Tom Brady and Mike Evans. And then Emmanuel Sanders' first catch in the Sunday night game won him the game. Mark goes and pulls his defense so they didn't lose him the game. So he efficiently or effectively had four people who didn't play. So shout out Eric, shout out Mark, the Fisher Boys taking care of fantasy football this weekend. I can't believe Mark doesn't listen to our show. He has an hour drive every day. I know. I really, I'm not telling him I shouted him out and make him listen to at least one. So what you brother, should listen you know? to all of them. I know Mark. you should. I know. What a great what the brother. Hell are you doing, Literally Mark? has an hour drive every day. One way. He's your brother. And decides not to listen to this wonderful sound. I, I know, I know. But yeah. I'll, I'll he'll get a shout out and he'll I'll make him listen to more tomorrow. So that's what I had rooted for. So we have we go from positive to the negative. Tyler Hero, Nugget of the Week. And I'm gonna go first. Because I know where at least Justin's probably leaning. So I've got two. Actually, I got three. One Tyler Hero again. Holy what a bomb. Tyler oh, Hero yeah. Yeah. putting himself in the same conversation with Luca and John ja Morant. Dude, those guys are faces of the franchise, faces of the NBA. Trey Young. Trey Young. You're barely the fourth guy in your own damn team. Yeah, you don't does he even He's start? He's not even a starter. No, that's that's what I'm saying. He says I belong in the same conversation. No, you fucking don't. You need to go back to college, buddy, and, uh, and learn and, how to count. And I don't, you know, I don't swear that much in this show unless we're talking about Kevin King or Tyler Hero. A couple other things. Tyler Hero, and there will probably be one more for me later in the show, but we'll get to that. But yeah, dude's a bum. So that's one. Uh, number two, Adam Schefter. Dude's a bum. Adam Schefter got called out on his lack of journalism again today as part of the Gruden emails, which we could probably go over for an hour or two. But do we want to touch that? Problem. It's probably best we don't. But no. here's what I'm going to say about it. So as part of this investigation, the emails that came out, Adam Schefter sending full stories to the owner of the Redskins, or at the time the Redskins, looking for an okay, and he sends it to to Mr. Editor, and this whole story. It's like, dude, you don't do as a journalist, you don't do that. You got caught with your pants down for the second time this year, if not more. You're really kind of approaching bum territory. So Adam Schefter was number two. And number three was going to be Kevin Harvick. And I, I don't want to step on Ramsey's NASCAR toes here, but I'm going to. I laughed my ass off when he drove himself in the wall because he saw Chase Elliott coming. And Ramsey, you wanna, are you going to get in on this one too? Well, my name is going to be Kevin Harvick for wrecking Chase Elliott. Yeah, that too. 20 laps before that. Yeah. For So Kevin Harvick basically called Chase Elliott a nine-year-old. Yes. and Because Chase Elliott took offense to him wrecking him in a different race. At Bristol right. two weeks prior. 
So Kevin Harvick gets his opportunity. He puts Chase in the wall. And that's kind of a big deal because both those guys are kind of still running for a championship at this point. Both on the cut line. Yeah, both are relatively close to the cut line one way or the other. So Kevin Harvick gets his opportunity, puts Chase Elliott in the wall. At the time, that put Chase Elliott in a 10th position. Come yeah. outside eight. So Chase Elliott basically said, if I find the four, I'm going to wreck him. He did, and that was on. So did you listen to Radioactive? I did not listen to Radioactive, but they were playing it on, during the race on right. Sunday. So anyways, long story short, Chase Elliott gets close to Kevin Harvick. And on Kevin, his tail. Kevin Harvick just basically drives his car straight into a wall. I laughed so hard. And then all Chase Elliott plays it the best way he can because Kevin Harvick's like, I'm not sure if this is over, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't actually say it, but he, he wouldn't say it was over. And then Chase Elliott post, or in race says karma. And, you know, it, like I said, if, you, if, if you're ever going to watch one Radioactive this year, that's probably the one to watch. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. Check it out. So there was that. And then Ryan Blaney immediately... Because they talked about how Kevin wrecked himself. Ryan Blaney's spotter told him about it. He said, good, F him. So, I don't know if you guys... And then the post-race comments of Chase Elliott saying, you know, as for Kevin Harvick, I wish him a happy offseason and Merry Christmas. I love that. The best part about that Mm. was they had Chase Elliott selling shirts of that on Monday. So his Chase Elliott store put out a store-exclusive shirt that has that on it with Chase Elliott. It's kind of like a cartoon elf. That's awesome. On Monday. So Kevin Hart wrecks himself on Sunday. Chase Elliott profits on it on Monday. And you know that those things are selling like crazy right I now. I got to take a look at that. Yeah. I find it. I have it in my email. That's awesome. Probably on Fanatics, right? Maybe. But I believe it was a store-exclusive. Oh. Speaking of fanatics, though, okay. that was who had sponsored our what we rooted for, three hundred plus powered stores. Show your love for your team. Set out to sixty five percent off site wide right now, and for the next forty eight hours. So, check it out. That's a cool sweatshirt. So check it out, fanatics.com. Show your love for your team, Justin. Your uh, long awaited nugget of the week. <laughs> My long. Why would it be long awaited, Eric? I can tell where you're going with this. Where am I going? I just. Why don't you show us? Tell us. Tell the world. Well, I've got two of them. All I, right. I've got two, two noogies. Go for and it. And my first one is going to be, uh, and you're not going to expect this. It's going to be Paul Christ and the Wisconsin Badgers. Well, for those of you that don't know, um, they did win this past weekend. They beat Illinois twenty-four to nothing. My problem is, is the play call. We do not feel good about Graham Mertz as a quarterback. We are the superior team going into this game. We should be throwing the ball. I, I, we're going to touch on this in the Badger Report. So, Paul, Chris, the play calling, how we come out of that game, that's my noogie of the week. And my second noogie of the week. Brace yourself, boys and girls. My second noogie of the week is Eric Fisher. Eric Ooh. Fisher, jinxer. He's a terrible jinxer. He comes in, he gives this 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 uh, 
look at the at what what the series for the Brewers is going to look like. They're going to wrap it up pretty easy. They they're resting guys later in in the latter part of the season. They they're just resting for the series and no, you're a jinxer, Eric. They got their asses kicked in four games. They scored what? A total of six runs in four yep. games. Yep. That you're you're the problem, Eric. You're well, a great fan. I appreciate you, but you're a problem, and you need to stop jinxing the Brewers and get off their bandwagon so we can actually win a a, a series in the postseason. Well, Justin, I. Uh, here you're already wrong. This is t- bad take number three of the episode, so I'm just gonna keep <laughs> counting these. So as for me being a quote unquote jinxer, I gotta put that to bed right away. Of the three of us on you this are. show, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Of the three of us on this show, who was the one that predicted the Bucks winning the championship? All of us. No, 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 no. no, 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 no I no. picked the Suns hard. <laughs> no, 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 no. Who who picked the Bucks winning uh, championship? I'm pretty sure I did too. You did not. I went and checked the tapes because I I had a feeling I was I was looking forward to this episode. <laughs> actually, I wasn't. I was actually kind of dreading it, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but no, I was getting my ammo ready. That was thing number one. So yes, the only guy Dude, who picks Jason. the championship for the Bucks. We're talking Brewers, Eric. For We're the not Brewers, Bucks. I picked. I successfully picked a playoff clinch when they did. Took no, a little you bit. Didn't. Took a little bit longer for the division than I had predicted. Two weeks later, I did pick a playoff clinch when they clinched that playoff spot. Wow! For Christ's sakes, they were up fourteen games in the division. Just saying, I predicted it when I did. No, no, you're a jinxer, Eric. It third, boils down to third. You third. You you started jumping on the bandwagon. Getting all hyped up about how they have a real shot. Three weeks to go. What are they? They lost like 15 out of 22 games coming down the stretch. Then you said they're going to win the series fairly easy, maybe wrap it up in a sweep. And and then what happened, Eric? They got I was their wrong. Asses kicked. I was wrong. All they won game one. All because of you. It's right. all your fault. Yep, yep. I'm I'm the one who went 0 for 20 <laughs> of the first runners in scoring position. Yep, you, you nailed well, it. Well, I mean, you didn't. Hit you an put RBI. the pressure on him. The so whole, the fact that you yeah. didn't hit an RBI you that means that the, you're automatically a fault. The whole state yeah. was in the same boat. All I'm saying, I wasn't. Not the whole state. I was not. All I'm, I'm a Yankee saying, fan. All right. I'm, I'm saying, a Braves fan. And we'll, we'll why don't we just transition right into what's brewing for the finale <laughs> of the regular of the season here? Yes, the Milwaukee Brewers they lose the series three to one. Goes down just. Heartbreaking fashion. A um, lot of people out there underestimated the Braves, myself included. Their offense showed up. Brewers' offense did not. Simple as that. Uh, congratulations to Sarah Wara, who successfully, unfortunately, picked Braves in four. Uh, she was trying to do it as a reverse jinx, but it ended up being correct. So she will win a Manny Pina baseball, so shout out Sarah. Uh, Isn't that doesn't that suck that we that you did that promotion and we didn't even get to talk about it on the show in the time that the Brewers lost? Yeah, that was that was rough. Um, but anyway, congrats to her. But yeah, no, just it was a simple matter of the biggest X factor was going to be the Braves' offense and trying to make up for Acuna being injured um, and Marcelo Zuna being suspended due to 
just something, you know, awful domestic violence allegations and just, you know, should have no place in baseball or sports or this world for that matter. But the X factor showed up. Brewers offense kind of stalled out and was more towards what we saw in the early parts of the season and just, like I said, just failed out and fizzled instead of popped. Had two straight games where you didn't score a run. You're not going to win a series doing that. They they gave it a great game four. A little too little too late. And the guy you want with the ball in the late innings, Josh Hader, gave up his only his second home run to Freddie or to Freddie Freeman from the Braves. Only the second guy to ever homer off the off Hader twice. And that's just what it boiled down to. So tough series. Uh, but on the positive side, uh, you know, not to be feed into Justin's craziness. Lots of reasons to be excited about next year. The whole entire core is coming back next year, um, with the exception of, you know, Avi Garcia is a free agent, possible team option on him. Um, so we'll see how that ends up playing out. But pitching staff will be back. You're not really losing any arms. They're all still on relatively cheap contracts. If Avi decides to leave, you've got Tyrone Taylor waiting in the wings, who's a superstar all year playing that fourth outfielder role. And really, aside from maybe Willie Adamas, it's not like you had career years out of a lot of guys either. So lots of reasons to think that this could be sustainable and be in another spot to win NL Central. And hopefully Devin Williams doesn't get drunk and punch a wall because he could have been huge yesterday in game four. But what a fucking vagina. Punches a wall and breaks his hand. You know how many walls I've punched and not broke my hand? <coughs> at least one, I'm guessing, <laughs> based on that. Yeah, it's happened at least once, and I did not I break love, my hand. Eric, I love how you leave out the biggest X factor of the whole series. What's that? The fact of the matter is that Greg Council oh, do got outcoached in oh, the whole Justin. series. Justin. I don't he believe it's called coaching in baseball. I believe it's managing. Justin. Or up-managed, whatever. Yeah, I just want to make that sure. Terrible I got series. you, Justin. Terrible take. No, it's not. Well it's managed. what it is. That's the truth. It, it, hey, Council's a bum. He's oh. a bum. Woo! Can't win the big game. I, Can't win the big game. I don't even know if I would he's say like, he's a bum. I'm the one that calls people bums on here all the time. <laughs> what a terrible He's a bum. No. He won like 90 games this year, didn't 95. he? He, he, he's you can't, second, like, you he's can't like win. He's, hey, he has been the manager for two he's of like the best. Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game. Well, that is fair. He did blow it the one time you can't blow it. All I'm saying, he, I don't, I don't see how you can say he got outmanaged. Well, he lost. Every manager, I know Justin's referring to Game Three. Where in the fourth inning they put or after the, the, the whole fifth thing. inning. No, that's terrible. The whole damn thing. Well, he, he uh, did the lose. The lineup was terrible. The lineup was terrible. What else would you the have done? His pitchers were terrible. Uh, I'm just telling you. He got outmanaged. He stunk. He's worse than Aaron Rodgers in NFC oh, Championship man. games. That's, that's bad take factor. number four. This is what it is. Bad take I number mean, four. I'm just telling you. He didn't win. No, he but he also he didn't go 0 for games. 20 with runners in scoring position. He also didn't have two straight games where he got shut out. His team did, season. though. He did, but he, there's not I, – I, the rosters, the lineups he put together, aside from your little fantasy of putting Taylor over Kane, which, again, and we discussed this in our group chat, and you actually ended up agreeing with me 
want to make that very clear. You don't know the health of Taylor, so you go for that defensive veteran who is going to be a if lot better defensively. If you, if you don't know the health of a guy, why is he on your playoff roster? Because he's why a bat for a pinch hit appearance. Your playoff roster. Another bat. There's a thing. Pinch hitting is a thing in baseball. Pinch hitting is a huge I thing do, in baseball, I, especially, I, I in, the, especially, especially in the National League. League. Oh, look at that. Look at Ramsey coming through. That's why, Justin. That's why. You got, and none of them could hit. What are none you talking about? None of them hit. What are you talking about? Omar yeah. Narvaez led the team with hits in the playoffs this year. Granted, it was four games, but still, what are you talking about? With what, two? Uh, they didn't have any scores, so I mean. What a terrible take. No, it's not. It is what it is. He's not a good, he's not a good manager in big games. Bottom line. Terrible. He got thing. outmanaged. Terrible. He may have got outmanaged. I still However, don't think he did. For what I it's don't, worth. I wouldn't necessarily say, though, he he's not in good big games. I mean, they've won playoff series before, haven't they? They have, yeah. So, I mean, you can't really say that if you what, were in playoff won? series. Still counts. They won a... They, beat they won the, one playoff series. They beat the Rockies in 2018. They and, took the Dodgers to seven. The year after that... That's not a playoff series. Yeah, but the Dodgers' payroll was, what, three times the size of the Brewers? Uh, Like double. Hey, and Ramsey, this year, Ramsey, as I was saying, Ramsey. back to the positive. What does that matter? The only thing that matters is winning championships. Well, I don't think the Braves are in a championship either, though. So this series in general probably doesn't matter. But, but I'm telling you what, they still have a shot because they, got a, they outmanaged the Brewers. Uh, they are not going to take out the Giants or the Dodgers. Don't know that. I do know that. I, we I don't can, know that. I, I think you can say that pretty pretty confidently. But what do I know? I'm a jinx, so what a, whatever. You are a jinx. All right, Badger You're the report. worst kind of jinx. Badger report. You're the, you're, you're the jinx that keeps holding on to you, non-jinx. You jinxer. Badger report. You're terrible. No, we're not allowed to talk about the Badgers anymore. No, they won. They almost you, the lost was, to Illinois. They've won 24 to nothing. They didn't look they good, didn't though. Look. No, I, I didn't watch the game, even for a second, but... Justin, your Badger report. They did win, so that was the rule. We couldn't talk about them until they won. They I'm going the back into we're not allowed to talk about them anymore. They covered the spread. That's They're trash. They're the... I'm just looking it up. Let me look this up real quick. They're the Tyler hero of college football. Ooh. I don't know if I go that far. They're, you, Who else probably... was that highly touted coming into the... Notre Dame. Okay, Notre Dame's always Notre Dame's always a top. Notre, Notre Dame is a not, hero. No, Notre Dame does not count because no one cares about Notre Dame. Well, that's just not true. Notre Dame is Tyler. Nobody hero. cares no. about Notre Tyler Dame. Hero is screw Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, screw Notre Dame. I don't disagree. I'm saying Tyler Hero is Notre, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is Kevin King because Notre Dame <laughs> is the media darling. Notre Dame is Kevin King. I don't disagree. Literally, Notre Dame is like literally Kevin King. It's also Tyler Hero, though, because Notre Dame's always the media darling. Who was the media darling of that finals against the Lakers? It was Jimmy Tyler Butler. Hero. It was Tyler Hero. No, it was Jimmy Butler. No, it was not. It was Jimmy Butler. The media darling was Tyler Hero. It was Jimmy Butler. The we actual just basketball. We just about. hate Tyler Hero. That's a bad thing. That's, this show They sucks. even yesterday. That's a bad thing. Earlier this week, ESPN was <laughs> oh still God. posting highlights of Tyler Hero. In that one finals game, he was okay in. As a flashback. 
So I don't know what who follows ESPN. ESPN, you or watch ESPN. Do you follow ESPN on social? I do. Why? Oh, you want to know what? You want to know what? I have a third noogie, and I'm gonna jump on Ramsey's bandwagon. My yes. third noogie, and I'm sorry, I'm jumping past. But my third noogie is is Major League Baseball playing playoff games at noon. I hate oh, I agree with that 100. That was awful. Hop on the Rams bandwagon. MLB is ass for that. That I am on your. That is terrible. I, I'm, I'm on that one too. I don't. I don't. I don't have much of a take on it that because that's so bad. Like that's so bad. What are you doing? Especially the Brewers. Like that's like I'm at work and the Brewers are playing a playoff game. Like that shouldn't happen. No, playoff baseball should be prime time, so people can actually watch. It. Well, especially when you factor in the work. fact that it's Milwaukee. I mean, the most, the smallest market, the big, you know, blue collar state. Yeah. And you're playing at friggin' noon. Yeah, everyone works past noon here. MLB, bunch of bums. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> and now you got a night like tonight where nobody's playing, nothing's on, and baseball, baseball has a wide open opportunity. Yeah, and we wonder why. To be the only show. Exactly. Everyone would be watching playoff baseball tonight if it was on. So why not stretch it out? I got nothing. The only, yeah, I got, I got nothing. The only thing I can say is that they did have it slotted for games five of the ALCS or ALDS today. Neither one went five, so it didn't matter. But you know, I will say this about the NBA: they do play their playoffs right. Those first rounds, you have three games every single day of the week. If you want to watch yeah. playoff basketball of NBA players, you can watch as much as you want. And also, and also, how do you play? What is it? 182 freaking games. 162 in the first act, or 62, 162, and, and the first actual series in the playoffs is a five-game series. How I've never gotten that. Is that? I'm not a big fan of that. I'd like it. Five games is all you need. This what well, every series should be five games. I think the NBA should go to five games until the conference finals. So I think I just don't, it doesn't make any sense. Your first two rounds of the playoffs in the NBA should be five games. Because really, the playoff ba- yeah. or basketball right now lasts what a month? More than that, like six weeks. You can cut two yeah. weeks off that, and just go to five games. So I don't mind the five game thing. That's fine. I'd prefer it to be seven, but anyway, Justin Badger report. <laughs> okay, sorry. So yes. Badgers win an uh, an unoppressive twenty four to nothing win, and and we've been screaming here now. And well, I have over, from last week on about how the Badgers need to find a um, passing game. Right, we need to figure out our offensive line and and move on in a different direction in in that in that matter. So the answer to that is not only do you come out of this week um, with your starting quarterback who has not looked very good, not very comfortable, only threw 19 passes. He was 10 of 19 for 100 yards against Illinois and threw one interception. You, You had... One running back with 21 carries. The other running back with 18 carries. He's a true freshman out of Fond du Lac. Uh, you had your third string running back with six carries. And your fullback 
had nine carries coming out of this game. This is, you are not, with a big game coming up against Iowa, that could really catapult you for the rest of the year. That Rams and Eric will um, be at? Boom. That would that would that would be a great game to be at. I'm jealous of you guys for going to that. To be honest with you, Thanks, it's Sean. just the the way this team feels, the way it's it's constructed is it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel. I don't I don't know how to put it, guys. That's I, the best just, way. It, it, it something feels off. It's and I'm not you can't saying pinpoint it like what I'm not saying like how the Badger you know the Badger basketball team felt because we learned that there was a lot more going on behind the scenes. I don't think that's necessarily the case with the football team, but it's kind of got that it same that same type feeling where something's just wrong, but you can't pinpoint it. And even yeah. even when you go to the to the uh, to the bigger stats like. The Badgers, they had nine penalties for 101 yards. When's the last time a Badgers team had over five penalties in a game? They had a fumble loss. They had an interception thrown. They ran this part right here, these two things that I'm going to tell you. They ran 80 plays, and they possessed the ball for almost 43 minutes of, of the game. That's Badger football, and I get it, but... And they and they and they had a 491 yards of offense. Some people are going to say that's Badger football. That's how they do it, and it just doesn't feel like this is the Badger teams that we have come to expect over the last decade and a half. Like these these guys don't feel like they could. They'd be lucky to make it to the Duke's Mayo Bowl this year, as opposed to where we started thinking that we might have a shot at a, a possible, uh, well, definitely New Year's Six, a Big Ten championship shot because it looks like Ohio State might be the weakest they've been in some time. It This team doesn't feel like it's even in in – it's the bottom of the second tier of the big 10 right now. And it's, it's mind numbing as to what the hell happened. And not only that you come out of that game and leave that game with a bad taste because it wasn't quite as explosive enough. And and you really didn't pinpoint the pinpoint, the answers to your problems in the passing game, but you announced the day after the game that you have lost who you anticipated being your starting running back and probably your most explosive player uh, on the offensive side in Jalen, in, in registered freshman Jalen Berger, the running back, a four-star guy coming out of New Jersey. What the hell happened there? Do we know yet as to what happened? Do they, they have been pretty mum about the whole situation. There are not a lot of answers. Um, I'm guessing that, that again, and as I relate from what was, uh, I've been kind of trying to sift through this. And some of the things that I, that I am garnering is that Chris promised the starting job to Ches Malusi and Berger wasn't happy about it. And there was some actions detrimental to the team or some selfish actions or stuff like that. 
Krista's not saying anything. So this is all second, third hand kind of knowledge that's getting out there. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking uh, right now uh, at Madison.com saying that uh he didn't react well when they brought in Malusi. Um, and then it really kind of spiraled from there. He would miss meetings and workouts, according to two sources who wish to remain anonymous. Um, he has not commented since this all went down over the week. But yeah, allegedly missing meetings and practices because of the situation. Yeah. Or maybe a tour. And, and it's weird because one of the, one of the things that really kind of makes it weird is that I believe they're roommates, Malusi and Berger. So <laughs> if you could only imagine how how that must have made Berger feel to not only lose your job, but to live with the guy that you're losing your job to. Um, so it's, I I don't, and this is a, another thing that we talked about last week about overpromising. And this might be what the problem is as to why we are kind of kind of the way we look, the way we look. So as of um, this story coming from uh, 24-7 Sports, as of 21 minutes ago, Jalen Berger is officially in the transfer portal. Well, um, yeah, and I, I, I'll probably I, – I would throw a good bit of money on it that he's probably going in Rutgers, you know. To Greg Schiano and Rutgers, you you join Aaron Crookshank, a, a former Badger transfer there. Um, Rutgers is a team that's on the rise. He's from New Jersey, um, so it's just too bad. The guy had a lot of promise. He clearly was our best running back. I don't I don't know how anybody could see it any differently. The only explanation for it is is you overpromised, and you have to follow through on that because if you don't follow through on that, you're going to lose. You're gonna lose prospects left and right. So it's not I I truly believe that this Badgers team is not in a good place because of the coaching staff right now. In 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 the way they're recruiting, in the way they're they're uh, overpromising, and and they're not playing their best players. You know, I think you're wrong about the whole uh him going back to Rutgers thing. Where you got him going? Why is that? Why would anyone want to go back to New Jersey? <laughs> like people only want to leave New Jersey. They don't ever want to go back. <laughs> New Jersey is literally the armpit of America. It's the blight of America. It's the Gary, Indiana of oh. America. Oh. That's New Jersey. Ever been there? It's a shithole. I've hole. been to Gary, Indiana once in my life. No, no, that no. was enough. I've ever been to New Jersey. I've never been to New Jersey. It's a shithole. Don't, don't even waste your time. But I've been to Gary once. That was enough. No offense, Charles Cooper. Actually, they have a really nice minor league baseball team there. It looks like a really nice field. I drove by a few weeks ago. No offense, Charles Cooper. My my dude, Charles Cooper, Green Bay grad, Green Bay basketball player. Never going to Gary, Indiana again. The Beloit Thunder Snappers. We didn't get one of their baseball games this year. I saw him play in Appleton. I heard they have a great stadium. I've heard Beloit is the diamond uh, of Wisconsin. Uh, the, yeah, the crown jewel city of Wisconsin. Yeah. That's yeah. another. See, it's another bad take. The Thunder Snappers. Ever since Aaron, hey, the Thunder Snappers haven't won a minor league series, uh, playoff series game since Eric has bashed them 
on our podcast. See, you're another jinxer, Eric. I don't want them to win. Fuck them. That's twice. I did not plan on two. Oh. <laughs> I, no, I did plan on two. Now it'll be three. Eric's feeling a little spicy tonight. Oh, my goodness. It'll be three now because I, I have one save for the end. But Hey, Mama Finch is going to wash your mouth out with soap. I'm about to hit the bleep button on that one. Nah, we'll leave it. <laughs> leave right. them off. Let's nah. get censored. Nah. I refuse to be censored. Ramsey, your Ramsey's radar? Baker Mayfield is trash. Oh, man. He lost oh, to the Chargers. Oh. The Chargers are the what? kings of the AFC the West right now. Awesome. Yeah, and he still lost to the Chargers. And Chargers granted, so is it, is it that Baker Mayfield's fault? That was not Baker's fault whatsoever. Is it Baker Mayfield's fault? No, but Baker Mayfield is not good enough Ooh. to help the situation. And Cleveland is going to do what Cleveland does and do the wrong thing, and they're going to pay that bum $45 million a year to play quarterback for him, and they're going to go right back in the shitter where they came out of. Baker Mayfield is garbage. He has, what, four touchdown passes He's this year? Not gonna get, they're not going to pay him $45 million. What is the more Cleveland thing in the world to do other than pay Baker Mayfield? Overpay Odell. That's it, what they're going to do. If you want, if they're going to cleave on the situation, they will overpay Ode- Odell. And not have enough money to pay Baker? Yeah. Actually, that'd probably be the best thing for him. No. You don't want, no. you don't want to Odell pay Odell is washed. Odell is washed, man. That's what they'll do, though. That's the Cleveland thing to do. So if, as long as they don't do that. Or uh, they'll pay both Nick running Chubb. backs. Yeah, they'll pay, Chubb, they'll pay Chubb and Hunt all Baker's money. And Odell. And Odell. And That's then, what they'll do. That was my hot take. I've, I've been waiting for Baker Mayfield to kind of just... He's kind of had two bad moments this year, and that's when he has to throw the ball. And when everyone knows he, he can pass, he can't throw the ball downfield. That is my Baker Mayfield hot take. I also think Dak Prescott's trash, too. Are you kidding me? You realize when Dak Prescott throws... Over 32 times a game, he is 4 and 17. When Zeke Elliott plays well is when Dallas wins, not when Dak Prescott does. No. Yes, I, I, I'm serious. I'm not. Look at the Cowboys, go look up the numbers that are out there. When Dak Prescott throws under 32 times, he is 17 and 4, I believe. It's, it's yep. wild numbers. Look it up. Dak Prescott's not with what's winning football games down there in Dallas. It is Ezekiel Elliott playing his mind all lately. He has been better this year. I'll give you that. He has been better. And Dallas looks better. I mean, that's a team that's interesting in the NFC. So, keep your eye on them. That's really all I got, though. A little bit of Dak has Prescott hate, a little bit of Baker Mayfield hate. Oh, man. Got to put, gotta put uh, good vibes on the world. Big goal for Ovi right there. Love that. That toothless Russian. I love that guy. I love, right. it. I love that one when he's uh, in the fountain. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so just a quick note on our trip around Wisconsin. We don't have a segment for it yet, but Bucks Championship defense <coughs> starts next week. Uh, they're in action right now against the Jazz, I think, in preseason and action. they open against the Brooklyn Nets. Who will be without Kyrie Irving. And he's you know he's gonna lose sixteen million dollars because he doesn't get the vaccine. Kyrie Irving just continues to be weird, you know. And did 
Did you see what his the presser was about that today? That they said from the Nets or from what Kyrie's what Kyrie's saying? saying now that he wants to be the voice for the voiceless, but it's coming from sources and he's not talking exactly, and that he's not he's not against getting the COVID shot. He's against people losing the their mandates or losing their jobs due to mandates by companies. That's why he's sitting out. Kyrie Irving's just Kyrie Irving. Can you imagine Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant left Steph Curry, who very well may be the least selfish, most grounded superstar in the league, to go play with Kyrie Irving. That's wild. Think about that. Think of your Kevin Durant waking up today like, I had everything in Golden State. I just had a deal. Draymond calling me a bitch, and everything would have been fine. Which, in Draymond's defense, you kind of are, but yeah, that's hundred percent there. I love Draymond. I I don't, but I do. I have a love hate relationship yeah, with him, and, exactly. and for that record, record with Steph too. But yeah, no, that is that is just. I mean, you do you, Kyrie. Like, I mean, I don't even hate his stance on it, per se. But you're costing yourself sixteen million dollars, and just I really got nothing else. Other, like, I mean, that's he doesn't need the money, I guess. But at how this much point, has he earned in his career? A lot. I'd have to, I'll look it up. I believe he's had two max deals at this point. Kyrie Irving's net worth right now is one hundred fifty million dollars. Just from his salary, plus any extent, you know, endorsements and whatnot. So he's probably three hundred million dollars. And that doesn't count shoe deals. Yeah, endorsements, three, four hundred million dollars. Yeah, the sixteen million is probably just a drop in the bucket you, for him. But can you imagine? Can you imagine a guy like uh, Kyrie? Oh my God! And you know the crazy thing about. Kyrie is that's that, how shitty the NBA is. He is so. There's talented. no way a guy. There's a no way a guy like Kyrie Irving should be worth that much money. So some sources are saying ninety million, but still ninety to one hundred fifty million somewhere in there, uh, between contracts, endorsements, etc. But they should, Justin. You want to know why? Look some here. guys should, because the NBA and how it is structured. There's only, even in general, 20 stars in the league at any given time. Kyrie is a star. That's why he's worth that much. There's just, being good at basketball is a whole. Kyrie was a star. Kyrie is not a star anymore. Yeah, he is. He's making national news by not showing up. That's, if. So here's here's a little flip side, and this is just from this last year of things Kyrie Irving has done financially. He bought George Floyd's mama house. He paid tuition for nine HBCU students. He bought 200-plus kids Christmas presents, provided 250,000 Thanksgiving meals in New York City, and has donated $1.5 million to WNBA causes and players. All great. All great. That doesn't matter. He, I mean, to me, he's not a guy that's worth. I would not. Ever since Kyrie Irving has has signed max contracts, he has killed every team he's been on. He might be super talented, Ramsey. You might be right. 
I don't think that's a might be. Kyrie no. Irving is super talented when he's on the floor. I think when but Kyrie is in the right headspace, he, he is a he is a franchise killer. Well, that might be true. However, when he is in the right headspace, that's why he's not worth it. When he's in the right headspace and when he is playing with LeBron, he's probably one of the top three point guards in the league. When he's not playing with LeBron, that's when the wheels kind of fall off. It, you could, but and think about it though. You could really say that about anybody, right? I know it's like, like anybody a, that's playing with LeBron. It's like LeBron's a Chris really Bott. good player or something. Like maybe the best. Chris all Bosh time. was a, a top a top five power forward in the league when he was playing with LeBron, but when he was in Toronto, what yeah, was it? it's it's weird that LeBron like is really good and he makes Everyone other players really good that play with him almost like he's like the best basketball player of all time maybe or something like that no not of all time not of all time this is <laughs> not of all time not of all time anyway anyways so now we take a look at week mm. 5 not of all time Greenwood Packers and Jesus Christ of all time let's just call it what it was really a weird game for the Green Bay Packers got the win go to four and one cover the three-point spread or barely cover the three-point spread depending on where you got it if you maybe got two and a half you would have been a winner but just a wacky sequence for the last what probably eight minutes of football time I say this though that Cincinnati team's a good team they were. That's they a, that is a good that I would Cincinnati team is that. an outside playoff team. Like, I don't – how t- competitive the top of the AFC is this year and the fact they play in a division with Baltimore and – Cleveland. Cleveland. They're probably not going to be a playoff team. That's a playoff roster, though. Those guys have – there's three legit receivers on that team. They have a good running back. Joe Burrow is a star in waiting. Like, Joe Burrow, if he – slides a little more, like Aaron said, mm-hmm. will be a superstar in the league. I was going to say, I mean, you watch him play. That, that's a budding offense. You watch Joe Burrow play, and you got to think he's probably into some weird shit because he just loves pain. I mean, yeah, and he, man, he, he, like, it's hard to describe Joe Burrow's play, too, because he's, Kind of like an Aaron Rodgers type player where he's kind of improvising a little, little bit as it goes. Mm-hmm. But he seems more precise than that. Not that Aaron's not precise. No, he, but he's exactly, he's a younger, I mean, he's what Aaron Rodgers was when he was younger. Yeah. and it's, he, he makes improvise and look structured. Yep. You can say what you want. I mean, he's probably making Zach Taylor look a lot better than Zach Taylor is as a coach. Is that though? I mean, that defense is good too. That that Cincinnati team is a real team. I, again, they're probably not a playoff team. Not this year, anyway. If they played, they're a, a winning team though. If they played in a like, honestly, right now the AFC North is probably one of the best divisions <laughs> in football. Yeah, between I mean, Baltimore is a Super Bowl contender right now. Cleveland, I still think is even with Baker Mayfield. West is the NFC West. I mean, Seattle's falling off a cliff. We're not really sure where uh, San Francisco is as a quarterback this week. So that's kind of come down to a two-pony race. 
but yeah, that's where I think that's where the AFC North falls, right? Is in that same category as the NFC West. I mean, they're close. That's probably the closest division that they're two. Right. The NFC South is Tampa Bay. Everyone else, maybe Carolina as a fringe. Yeah. Um, you know, the NFC East is Dallas right now, and that division is we don't the really worst know what Dallas football. is yet. Yeah. The NFC North is Green Bay. And a pretty and wide margin. Pretty wide margin. And then the NFC West is, I mean, you've got... I mean, Seattle's always going to be around as long as Russ Wilson's there, but now that he's hurt, yeah, that's going to be an uphill climb. I mean, Arizona's getting incredible contributions from all those older guys they signed, which maybe, does, maybe that falls off as the season goes on. I'd have to think, right, towards the playoff time, that's probably going to taper off a little bit. It's gonna go one. It's gonna either taper off, uh, and that's kind of what we'd expect—just regression towards the mean as these older guys get a little more dinged up in the season. Or maybe they have that resurgence here, new face, new place. You know, oh, maybe it it happens. And then you look at San Francisco. You don't know exactly where they are. I mean, are they are they as good as thought? Maybe. Well, and especially now that uh, Trey Lance is supposedly. Could be out this weekend too, right? So you really, I mean, and then you got the Rams, who I mean, offensively look great at times. Matt Stafford's kind of being Matt Stafford, the Matt Stafford that no one talks about in Detroit, where he's one bad throw away from potentially, and and one defensive stand away from talking about how Seattle beats. Would Geno Smith beats the Rams? That game was a lot closer than it ended up being, than it should have been. Especially with Geno Smith, who up to this point, his most famous moment is getting punched in the face by his former teammate, or at the time teammate. Broke his jaw. Yeah, broke his jaw when his teammate punched him yeah, for not showing up to his kids camp. Hey, but... Lay off of Geno Smith. He's made a nice little career out of the out of it after being a bust and early second round pick that was going to be the face of the Jets. Yeah, he got lay off of Geno. He got knocked the f out by the middle linebacker. I came Polly or whatever yeah. his name is. Hey, he's but, made a nice little career. He's got he's got a little Ryan Pitts Fitzpatrick feel about him. Oh, he's going to become the starter. He's going to win something. How many here. bad takes we got? He's going to get a that'll be five. <laughs> no one is on the same level as Fitz Magic. Not there's not well, not beard wise, not beard wise, you not, know who I not would say aura maybe, wise. Yeah, not that way. You know who I realize, uh, and I always forget he's still in the league. Colt McCoy is still in the league. We I Isn't think we amazing? talk about this like once a year that someone's playing Madden and sees Colt McCoy on the. Well, he'll start a game. Yeah, he's like he starts like a game a year. Is he the backup for the Giants? I have no idea where he's at right now. You know who else in the league, too, I believe, is uh, that guy from Missouri, um, Blaine Gabbert. Isn't he still in the league, too? I think so. It's insane. Colt McCoy. Yeah, he is. Pl- no, the he's the backup for the Giants. Cardinals. Cardinals? He's the backup for Kyler Murray. That's awesome. Is that a coincidence that they're winning all those games and Colt McCoy's there? I don't think so. I think that's fact. He's that's 35. Right. That's what I'm saying. He's still playing football. He's this is his fifth team. He played for the Browns for three or for 2010-2012, the Niners for a year, five years in Washington, 
the year with the Giants, and then now the Cardinals. In his NFL stats, he's 30 touchdowns, 28 picks, 6,455 yards. He's got 60.7% completion percentage, a pass rating of 78.1, 507 rushing yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. It's not a bad little career if you really think about it. Yeah, hell yeah. It's not a bad little career. What is that, 13, 13 years? Well, he was he was put in Texas in, what, 09? He was drafted by the Browns in 2010. Well, that national title game against Bama, that they got smoked. Where he got season. hurt, he didn't play most of the game. Yeah, because he wanted to save himself for his NFL career. I thought he got his jaw busted or something like that. He got knocked out, didn't he? He was able to come back, but they wanted to save him for his NFL career. Hmm. What a guy. Good for him. Shout out Colt McCoy. If you're if how many podcasts do you think in the world are talking about Colt McCoy right now? None, and that's why they're all better than ours. Yeah, probably. Fair enough. But anyway, Green Bay Packers. I think five. we are the only podcast that actively talks about backup quarterbacks. Career backup quarterbacks. Yeah. We talked about Vinny Testaverdi two weeks ago. Yeah. Every week since we've mentioned him. What a guy. Man, he had a hell of a career. At he Texas. did. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Wow. Oh, you're talking about Colt McCoy again. I thought you were talking about Vinny Testaverde's hell of a career, which... Hell of a career. Hell of a career. <laughs> but, uh... 13,000 years. Wow. Justin, I'm sorry, you, I'm just... You need a napkin over there, buddy? I'm just going... I'm I'm going through Colt McCoy stats right now, boy. Yeah, it sounds like you need a napkin you just or keep, You just keep flapping. So, Green Bay Packers, get Check the Check out a goth hotel right oh, there. Oh, Jesus. Hospital. Oh, that... That needs to be. Nah, there, there's enough subtext stricken. there. Anyway, um, yeah, week five, big win. Um, so Mason who's gonna Crosby, call it Mason Crosby? I, I was lit, I was gonna set it up for you. I was about to lob that thing up for you. Go for it, Ramsey. I'm a lot less fired up about it today than I was on Sunday. You were. Ramsey was going after Mason Crosby's career. Because I still think. I'm so. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody's calling out Lafleur. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Go for it. Full send here. Matt Lafleur. Like I've said this entire time, I'm not sold that Matt Lafleur is that good of a coach. I just think Mike McCarthy was that bad. Does that make sense? Like Mike mm, McCarthy I had think, a. F- I think Lafleur is a pretty good coach. Are we sure though? I think he's a. I think he's a better coach than Craig Council is a manager. Uh, well, I would hope so. At least Matt LaFleur is pretty much guaranteed to win a playoff game or two every year. Yeah. Anyway. He does something in the playoffs. Poor Eric just gets the wound ripped back open. <laughs> anyway. After over and over and over again. Um, like I said, I'm, not, I'm still not sold on Matt LaFleur as a coach. And I I'm think. Just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying that because. You know, we ended the year on this, on this whole subject of whether we should have went for it or kicked the field goal. And here we are. We're faced with the same decision re- in reality. Um, and, and we decide to kick it on a third down. Uh, it makes no sense to me. That part doesn't make sense to me. I'm surprised more people didn't didn't uh, react to that aspect of it and not keep the ball in Aaron's hands. I'd be, I'm, I'm interested that no journalist even attacked. 
Well, there that is, side of the story. I think there's two parts to that, though. I, th- I think that it, the focus is so much on Mason Crosby and how much of a shit show that turned into be that it kind of took away from whatever Matt LaFleur was doing with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I think, I think enough people, and this probably helps because it wasn't a away game, so you didn't have as much Green Bay media there, too. Uh, they were watching on TV with all the rest of us, and granted, I'm not trying to say that you know the media buys into what's on the TV broadcast, but uh, Kenny Albert did a pretty good job explaining maybe the logic, and Greg Olson explained the logic of it. Of if something happens with the kick, and you can, you know, if it gets blocked, you can land on it and have another chance at it. I I didn't love the move either. I mean, you ran two straight plays, which I think they what got two three yards or maybe lost yards. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure as to how that drive played out, but. You ran two two run plays basically to set up the hash that you wanted. Instead of even taking a shot, you're at the 15-yard line after the Devondre Campbell pick, which, by the way, just looks like a better signing week after week after oh, week. Oh, I know. Yes, it does. You're absolutely right there. I, I know. It, it happens quite frequently. But... Not, no. But I, I, just, I don't get... Jinx. It ends up working out in this case, but you didn't even take a shot. Well, and the thing with it is, too, it's not that didn't take a shot, but Aaron Rodgers in general is probably the best quarterback in the league, him and Tom Brady, of saying this play isn't going anywhere. I just need to get rid of the ball and move it on somewhere else. We have to fight another down, right? So why not open the playbook up for Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, go for it? Because Aaron Rodgers isn't going to make that mistake of turning the ball over in the red zone. No. In his I'm career, just, he hasn't done that. He's not going to do it on Cincinnati on a Sunday mid-afternoon game. Like, that's not Aaron Rodgers. Early afternoon game. Right. Even better. I mean. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't quite get, like I said, not even putting one throw downfield. Like I said, you ran the ball twice. You set up the hash mark you want. But, what I mean, I, the odds that kick getting blocked, are, I guess, are so few and far between where... I think you at least let him rip it once, you know? I just I can't understand that. Was it just a vote of confidence thing for Mason Crosby though? Like and saying, then, and, hey, take you do this. Oh jeez, Obi, doing it again. Well, and then, you know, even to double down on it, like he he doubled down on it in in when Crosby hit the game winner. And what was it, 50 yard or 49 yard or 49. something like the 51? Especially 49. 49 yards. And you had fourth and inches. And, and Crosby's missed, what, two from 44 or something like that? 51 and I don't remember the second one. It was within 40. And so, lost the coin toss, by the way. Yeah, can you have yeah. some poor Mason out there after he just missed that? And then. So I to felt even so double bad down on that. that point. And, and to go out and kick, he tells you what he really thinks. It's just, it, I'm surprised that the local media hasn't really made more out of this story than honestly what though, it was. And, and these I, are crucial. And these are crucial times. I mean, you're talking about a game against a good team on the road. That's a that's a that's a playoff caliber game. Game. What I'll say, Justin, is that that's a good win. Winning covers warts. Yep. If they don't win that game, and you, you point it out, then sure, I bet you that's the talking point is, well, you didn't take a shot on the first drive. You didn't. You had fourth and inches. 
and you have A.J. Dillon, you didn't run him, or you didn't let Aaron Rodgers put the ball in his hand again. That's why it's not a story, because you win. Well, and I think that... And you get, the, you get to talk about the Mason Crosby redemption of him coming back out, and Aaron gets a joke about, oh, yeah, this time I went and started the other end of the sideline versus where I stood the first handful. And like you were saying, winning covers a lot, right? And the fact that they won, I think a lot of people are just like, survived that game, moved on. That's a pretty big win for us. Just Back to, I mean, really three straight big wins. Big wins, right. So I think that's just kind of the mindset of people in the area right now is just, we won, we're not going to talk about that issue. We're not going to talk about yeah. questionable decision-making. Even for what it's worth, the Mason Crosby thing, hasn't been overly played out in Green Bay recently. I mean, it's a little bit, obviously, because it's not going to just go away. But for the most part, the Mason Crosby talk has been pretty minimal, in my opinion, all week. Well, again, because they win. Yeah, exactly. And, and everyone gets to have that story of, of Aaron Rodgers coming off the field, talking to the special teams coach, saying, is he going to make this? And this, he, you know, he says, yeah. He looks at Mason, you're going to make this? He says, yeah. Rodgers comes off the field because they were ready to go for it. Yeah. And I think I think that narrative and and the rah rah, you know, Mason got it done and blah blah blah. I think that over ends up trumping the end result and you know these talking points that if they lose that game, we talk about it all week. We would have led the show off with it. We would probably buried Mason Crosby in our noogies. Which by the way, speaking of noogies, the kicker for the Bengals for celebrating when he hit the flag. Another just funny moment that I think everyone also kind of gives Mason Crosby a pass because at least he didn't do that. Right. Yeah. Do you think this is Mason Crosby's last year? I think it was his last weekend. Like I, last week, I thought that he was going to let go on Monday. But really, Monday no kind of no came Ramsey. In. As I was, as I said earlier, Ramsey was going for Mason Crosby's career in a group chat. This weekend. I, and I, even in the group chat, though, I didn't necessarily think that we needed to fire Mason Crosby. It just makes me nervous going forward that we have a guy who's been not prone for meltdowns, but now has had two or three of these games where he's melted down. And if you really look at Mason's career as a whole, he's like average kicker. Like his av- or career average for field goals right now is like an 81% which is good, but if you really think about it, that's 8 out of 10. I mean, that's not, it's not like we're cutting Justin Tucker. You know, it's not, again, do I necessarily think Mason should be cut? No, but I don't really know if that's a, if I feel comfortable with that in a playoff situation, if he happens to miss an extra point, and then all of a sudden there's another meltdown that he has. By the way, nice pull of the stats, 81.6% career. I looked it up because I was like, it might be an over judgy on Mason Crosby. Like, is this guy like a super good kicker? He's about in line with Greg Zerline from Dallas. Long time Ram kicker. It's not that he is, like I said, it's not for cutting Justin Tucker or Adam Vinatieri or someone like that that's been an all time great. Matt Prater. Right. It's that it's Mason Crosby who's an 81%. You know, I mean, yeah. So. Do I think he should be gone? No, not necessarily. Does he make me nervous going forward a little bit until he can prove that he's 
back fully from that issue. Yeah, it'll, I said this, and I think this week, you know, given the aspirations of this team, it puts them at least in a spot where if this happens again, you definitely need to at least bring somebody in. Yeah. If it happens, a th- and you don't want it to happen a third time, but I think at the second time, you maybe you do sign somebody. Mm-hmm. And go with it. I just don't know also, though, if you're going to get an upgrade. That's the only problem. But like I was saying, though, it's not like the it's not like we're replacing a Hall of Fame kicker. We're replacing Mason Crosby, who's a career eighty-one percent. Like it's not like that is super hard to replace. Granted, I'm not really sure what's out on the market currently, which is probably one of the other reasons that he's still around. I mean, I guess there's probably not a whole lot out there. But we're also, not, again, not trying to replace a all-time great either. I'll tell you what, he was he was not very good early on in his career. Well, you look at his early stats, um, 20, 2007, 80%, or 79.5, let's round up. 31 for 39. 2008, 79.4. 2009, 75. 2010, 78.6. 2011, 85.7. Then 2012 happened. That was 63.6, which really tanks those numbers. 21 for 33. Absolutely right. And that's by far his worst year. From there, he does rebound to 89.2 in 2013, 81.8 in 2014. Uh, 2015, he has 85.7, 86.7, 2016. Uh, that 78.9, another outlier kind of in 2017, which that also includes that Detroit game where it was like, what, 0 for 5 or something like that? I believe so. Yeah. And then 81.1 in 2018, 91.7. So the last two years, 91.7, 22, 24. Last year, 16, 16, 100%. And then to date, 76.9 this year, 10 of 13. Which all of those coming and, this last week. And some, and he's kicked some big kicks too, though, you know, um, in in the last five years or so. I think the, the biggest problem, though, I mean, because it's happened again now, and game was on the line. Like at least like that Detroit game, you can kind of look like the game was never really in on the line in that game, per se. They lost, though, didn't they? They did. They did. But you can look at that game and say, okay, wasn't really on the line at that point. Whereas this game, you look at that's a mental thing at this point. Just couldn't make the adjustment in game. Kept Mick hooking to the left, hook to the left, hook to the left. And now if it comes down to that. Do you have? Does he have that confidence, or is he going to think about, okay, I can't do this again? And what happens from there? Now the numbers and in, in in the rhetoric would point to that he rebounds from this just fine, and it is what it is. He's the kicker through the end of the year, and we'll see what happens next off season. But what if this happens again? Like I said, if this happens again, you've really got to take a hard look at. Where does this team want to go? Is it a mental thing? And do you have a better option? And and just to put it in reference, just to add another stat, for his career in the postseason, he's 91% in the postseason. 
You know, I do got to say, team. you know, we, we talk about Mason Crosby, and and I think this is actually going to feed into something Rams is going to be kind of, has pointed to in the past, is the reason we're talking about Mason Crosby so frequently is that the ball, the offense kind of sputtered out in that fourth quarter and, and couldn't put the ball in the end zone, had chances to put the game away, but couldn't get in the end zone. Who's that on? Well, is it on Lafleur? Is it on Rodgers? Or is it both? It's a little bit of both. I, and like I said, I'm. This is why I've said I don't necessarily think Lafleur is. I think he's a good coach, but I have questions on him because he, there's weird things that happen with the Packers that wouldn't necessarily happen in other places. Like when was last time Belichick had a kicker that missed five field goals? Gaskowski last year. Right, but is he still on that team? No. Exactly. So it's one of those things that, in my opinion, Green Bay is a championship roster as it sits. Championship teams don't put up with some of those issues, like not being able to move the ball in the fourth quarter, having a kicker that misses all these issues. Like It's just weird that we consider ourselves a championship team. I think we are a championship caliber team. And we put up with all these like weird little minor details that everyone else seems to get right. See that Pat Ma- they talked about this in the Pat McAfee show on on Monday was that Ty Schmidt was talking. You know, big the resident Packer fan of the show, obviously besides AJ and now Pat because of Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. But the one of the most frustrating parts of being a Packers fan is that there's so many little things in games that continue to happen year after year after year. Like that big play before halftime yeah. that Darnell Savage, I, I don't know if it was a missed coverage by our favorite cornerback on this show because he's playing was. up in the flat. And, and Darnell Savage has to cover ground, and I, I don't know how he misses that ball. I mean, let's be honest. He, he misses it by a micro inch from swatting it down and making the play. Let's but talk still. about the other corner who I was a little hard on last week. Eric Stokes has played, he played really well on Sunday. Eric Stokes is incredible. Eric Stokes is, I, I was wrong on that last week. I kind of went after him a little bit, but he played pretty well on Sunday. I can give him that. I mean, really playing Q, or CB1 at this point. Yeah. Yep. And, and Packers make another move this week. They go sign Quentin Dunbar. He's officially in the practice squad. Um, for some reason, Equinemia St. Brown's on the main roster now as like an official member of the team going forward, which whatever. Well, he took, he took MVS's spot. He did for now. Yeah. But still just, that was made official today because he still was a call up as of this last weekend um, with the oh. Quinton Dunbar signing. He's officially on the full active roster as opposed to being the game day call up. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't. You know, I was surprised we didn't see either one of the two signings that they made last week, or or I can't recall seeing them in in Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith wasn't active. I don't remember if the other corner was. I believe or was he Sewell was. August, right? Yeah, I believe he was inactive as well, but I'd have to look at that. So, uh, and I can imagine, you know, they're shorthanded in a lot of spots right now. Defensively, it's scary. Um, but Quentin Dunbar certainly has uh, 
a starting pedigree and, and a little familiarity with Joe Barry. Um, I really liked um, Joe Barry's pressure a little bit out of out of this game. There were some spots um, where the D line was getting home and and forcing Joe Barrow out to out of the pocket early. So when you could do that with four, so I think there there's, I, I saw some improvement this week, which was encouraging. Didn't you see that Ramsey or my, or my, I know I, I told I, not to speak over Ramsey. I know um, it was geared towards him, but I would have to agree as unfortunately I, I didn't get my agenda sent to you guys. I don't know why I just kind of spaced my mind actually sent it. I wrote the damn thing, but I did. I did have that where you're kind of questioning the depth of the team right now. But there is growth week after week after week. And you kind of talk about and you look at where this team, I mean, they started getting just blasted by the Saints. Um, You know, the defense, you got the defensive line getting home. Kenny Clark is having an incredible year Mm -hmm. very quietly. It's it's really interesting, Justin, you mentioned and and put whatever stock into this you will. You know, I'm not really the biggest fan of the pro football focus grades. But the Bengals actually handled blitz pickups very well much better than you would think based on how the game actually played out um i don't mm-hmm. believe the packers ended up actually getting home on a single quote-unquote blitz play but the pressure from the front seven was there all game um between especially between chris barnes who i believe he had a sack at one point uh kenny clark up front dean lowry causing <laughs> some uh issues and also uh, a guy, another unsung hero, kind of right now of the defense is Kins, or Kinsakiki, who's played was, big minutes. That's who I was going. That's what I was going to say. Is I'm surprised you said Kenny Clark because I think Kingsley Kiki has has uh, has played incredible off of coming off of what was the last the start of his career. That has a you know there was a lot of promise, but there wasn't a lot of show for it. So. The first couple of games here, he's really showed showed a lot to be a kind of maybe a, a running partner with with Kenny Clark, and Kenny Clark can finally uh, see a little open space to to create some plays himself. I and I, I think it, my surprise is more, or my my happiness is more with Kiki than it is with with Clark. To be honest with you, well, Kiki still is showing some. Less than great, what you see again in the run. He's not a three-down guy per se, yet. Yeah, and that's the key thing too. He's only how many games he even started? It's not full sixteen yet, is it? No, obviously no. not. I think this is his, the first year he's actually went into the year as the starter. But he has stepped up. Like just played incredible, um, in, especially in pass rush this year. TJ Slayton, another one of those guys. I, I talked about him a lot. At practice in preseason this year, TJ Slayton's played some big time football too right now for this team. Uh, Rashawn Gary, Rashawn Gary stepped up. Moments. Preston Smith, yep, getting home. I think he had a sack or sack and a half on Sunday too. Yep, he had a sack for sure. I don't remember if it was a. So no, I I'm I think the defense, like Justin said, is showing signs of improvement. I'll give him that. I mean, I think that They're not great yet. Don't get me no, wrong, but no. But I, as I said earlier, I think the Packers, as currently constructed and as they sit in the league, I think they are a Super Bowl contender. I don't know if they're better than 
probably the Rams or Buccaneers as of today. But they are in that same category. They could beat those teams any given day. I don't have any doubt on in the question of that. Well, maybe not the Buccaneers, but everybody else. Also, a little bit of news just uh, from my working with the fan tonight. Uh, Rasul Douglas also wasn't active, by the way. I've been looking there for that for the last five minutes. But um, Elton Jenkins, according to his, you know, he was on the Elton Jenkins show tonight. I agree, he made a story on 107.5 The Fan. He did say he intends to play this week. He was a kind of a game time scratch this last week. They're going to give it a go. No official designation from the team yet. But kind of where we're looking at as of right now, from his perspective, uh, going to do everything they, that he can be on the field this week. It sounds like the ankle sprain has re- recovered quite a bit from the previous week. Uh, he didn't even travel San Francisco, said he couldn't walk on it. Uh, this week he was walking around, and like I said, he was kind of a a game-time scratch. Uh, so I would believe, especially coming against the Bears and that front that they have, I would believe that if he's healthy and ready to go, he will be in. Do we have a timetable on David Bakhtiari yet? Uh, he still would have to sit out this week yet, for sure. Uh, yeah, assuming he's, he's ready to I go. Heard, right? He's pup listed. Oh, okay. That, that's so at the very, very earliest, it's he would be this seven. week. Or this would be I his last week, week sitting out. Week seven, right? Yeah. Right. Week seven, he could be activated from that. Um, I believe that they would have to make a decision by week seven or week eight. So that's been pretty quiet, too, on David Bakhtiari news. It's been relatively... I know they said the um, healing process was going well, but I mean, let's be real—he sp- he tore his ACL week sixteen of last year. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I'm not saying oh, we need him back. I'm just saying that it's just been kind of hush hush on where he's actually out with progress. Uh, let me give it a quick search while you guys talk. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it's. I, I think that's one thing uh, that you could kind of relate this story to is is to the Mesa Crosby story or is how big of an issue is it when you're winning, right? You know? Yeah, it's not. You know what I mean? Like, this offensive line has played superb. Like, this is this is probably the best offensive line play we've had in five years. I would, I would, I, I don't even feel like I'm going out on a limb saying that. So It's been superb. So just to kind of give a, a little bit of window from uh, practice today, actually, coming and looking through Twitter, uh, Zach Halprine, who works with the Zone in Madison, uh, was talking about, he had video today of Bakhtiari going through rehab work, um, eligible to come off the pup list for next week. Uh, the offensive line coach, Adam Stenovich, talked to the media today, said that Bakhtiari basically tells him what he's going to work on each day because he has very, everything planned out in detail. Eligible to return next week. It will be a process to get him ready to play again. So it doesn't sound like it'll be week seven. Sure. Um, what they, I mean, what they might be able to do, and this is kind of going long term here, is you might be able to activate him and IR him for three more games because I don't think the pup list. If they if they don't activate him after week seven, I believe there is a longer wait time, and I have to look exactly into the the wait times of that. Which is fine. I mean, you probably don't need him until January 1st anyways. I mean... I would want to see him week 
12, week 13, those final four regular season games. So what, when, what week is Cleveland? That would be week... Right about there? 15, 14, something like that. Yeah. It's a Christmas That's, Day game. I would like to see him back for the Cleveland game. That'd be a that'd be a tough first game to come back to. So that is so just kind of looking ahead. I mean, we kind of covered without really deeply covering it. A lot of the Packers Bengals, like I said, get the job done. Uh, Packers Bears this week. Packers do open up, I believe, as a four point favorite in Chicago. In right? Chicago, uh, Justin Fields getting, I believe, getting the start again. He is. He is Take the, the Packers. starter until they name him not a starter anymore. Yeah. Four and a half as of right now per Caesar. So that's really a lot of seven-point backer favorite, if not eight. Which I still would take for the record. Take the Packers. Hell yeah. But They're going to crush them. They should. Bears are very quiet. I mean, they had a pretty decent win this week against the Raiders. Uh, so coming in a little... Uh, it's like there was something else going have, on that week. <laughs> right. Yeah, they had no controversy or black cloud hanging over them or anything. Right? It was a Cleo Mac revenge game. That's that's what was on their mind. Oh, my God. Didn't even think of it until you said that. that. Or... Uh, we're just not going to touch that. I think it's probably best. The used car salesman that's running the organization. <laughs> but. Keyshawn Johnson. So, so, as a whole, um, I, I like I said, I, I feel pretty confident this week. I would probably take the points. It's well, we're not playing the Raiders. <laughs> right. Sounds like they have some controversy going on over there. The whole so, Cleo Mack revenge game thing. Some questions to answer. Yeah. Some emails to check. Delete. <laughs> uh, <laughs> talk about, this show sucks. This show is awful. But, yes, I mean, right now, uh, 60% of football nation really kind of leading Packers. And by a means, you should be. Um Especially, I don't believe David Montgomery is going to be back again this week. Did they Ooh. IR him? Running back for the Bears. Is he IR'd or was he just... I, I know he was out week last, last week. Uh, the Bears. I can't imagine yeah, he playing this week, though. He's not. Yeah, he was IR'd, so he'll be out three weeks. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, all, all in all, I think this is just one of those kind of come out, execute. Don't let Justin Fields beat with his legs. Try to make him force you, you know, to win with his arm, and you'll be okay. Contain that front seven of the Bears. It's it's nice they get the they get the win here. They they dom- they have a dominating record. Uh, six weeks into the the season already over over the rest of the division, they're up two games then. So, and, and essentially three because your second place team you have a win over. So. That's uh, that's that's a huge start to uh, to a team that you know really isn't playing all of its best players yet. So encouraging to say the least. You know, my key for the week is what's that, Ramsey? Don't send any questionable emails. 
That, that is a good one. Don't send them 10 years ago. Just in general, don't send questionable emails. I, I can agree with that. I don't think anyone's going to... I don't think anyone's going to uh, disagree with you on that. That goes for all of the Rupert's condemnation to... Check your emails. Delete them. Yep. Go from there. Unless you want to, you know, play with some cancel culture. I mean, you can do that, too. It's up to you. <laughs> all right. So let's wrap the show up with what we always root for. And actually, before we do that, I'm going to use my third F-bomb. Uh, for those of you who have listened to the show, and I'm probably going to defer to Justin here in a little bit, um, Roofer Wisconsin show was pretty heavily involved with the benefit for Rachel Peterson Jansen. Uh, she has passed away over the weekend. Just a real uh, sad story for our listeners who are outside of the gillet uh, stirring world. Um, so just... Terrible loss in the Jill community. Uh, fuck cancer. That was the third one. I, I had that one planned, the show. Uh, don't like to swear, but I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that one. Um, Justin? Yeah, I would, you know, just touch on that. Uh, it, it's been a it's been a big-time hit for our community. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really get to know her very well. Um, she, she was kind of gone before I was coaching in Jillet, um, but it has rocked our community a little bit. Uh, she, she was such a well-loved person. So, uh, I'll send that sentiment with you. Um, and especially the, uh, expletive cancer as that has affected my family hard. So, um, what I am rooting for, I'm rooting for the Atlanta Braves to go, to go and, and start that, the, the 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 championship series off well go win it because That's... the Braves the Braves have the best hat in all of baseball. That's facts. They do. I still I mean I'm gonna be partial just to the Brewers logo. Oh but, but the Braves do have some sharp I mean you see this is what I'm talking this is what I'm talking about Ramsey. He's a goddamn homer. That's all he is. He's a homer. I mean I don't blame him. Yeah, pull for your home team. That's fine. What's wrong with that? Not always. I mean, their, lo- their logo is not better than the Braves. The Braves. I will say this: the Braves, the Braves look. They have. They don't it's have a bad jersey. They don't have a bad jersey. Any sort of their combinations, their their hat is sharp. That back. The old baseball glove MB is is tough to beat, Eric. I'll, I'll, I have to. I have to. I'll take a step back and agree. Yeah, especially when You're you do damn that right sharp. You will. Step, especially when you do that step back with the 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 set the backside is yellow and and you got the the darker blue MB. I kind of like that. Yeah, you're you're damn right. You will, but no, I I I can't agree with that just because I've never been a fan. There's so many people out there that say, you know, you got to root for the team that eliminated you because if they win the the championship, that means your team lost to the best team. I I hate that. So for that reason, I will not be rooting for the Braves. Uh, my second favorite baseball team all my life has been the Boston Red Sox. So uh, watch me Ooh. jump on that bandwagon. Um, Boston Tea Party. America. <laughs> but yeah, what I'm going to refer, I'm going to refer just another good weekend ask. I've been really oh. into this playoffs. Let's I mean, touch that. Let's, let's touch NASCAR for a little bit. We we've had a little bit of a disagreement on on these NASCAR playoffs here, all three of us. My problem, why why on earth 
are are they going to a, the Roval? Do you want the kids to get off your lawn too? That that is that is so bad. That is so bad. No, it's not. They should actually have probably more road courses in the final ten races. Like no, yeah, because this sport is not at this point, and especially with that next gen car that they're testing right now. This sport is not what it was ten years ago, where ninety percent you have the two road courses. Your four short tracks and the rest are the ovals and two super speedways. That's not what NASCAR is anymore. It's not where NASCAR is going. NASCAR is going to run more road courses. They're going to run street courses. They're going to run more short tracks. They're going to kind of go away from the de oval that has gave them kind of a bad reputation from non NASCAR fans. So in the playoffs, yeah, you should. And like Eric said, I thought it was extremely entertaining, especially where William Byron was. He was in a spot to win he was, and knock out Keselowski. Yeah, exactly. That was... Uh, or Truex, because I think that ended up flipping too. And for what it's worth on those D ovals, you don't have that same kind of parody most of the time. I would say, right, we're going to, te- we're going to Texas this weekend, right? Right. One of those top eight drivers are going to win to Texas. I can almost guarantee that. Yeah, probably. I mean, this this race... But is that the way it should be, though? No. Because you need to have some sort of parity in your sport, right? Cause, how, how can you say that? How can you say that when the guy that won this race at the Roval has won seven times this year? Because like, William Byron was in position to win. If that restart goes a little different... Well, He's Tyler, right let's, there. Let's look at P2, Tyler Reddick. Yeah. Who was a playoff guy that got bounced in the first cut. Yep. He he finished second. He's He was contending towards the end until Kyle Larson just locked down and, and closed that thing out. Because I think we've, we can all agree in NASCAR up to this point has had an issue with top teams dominating the entire sport. And when you start going yeah, to short tracks, when you start going to short tracks, you start going to road courses that even stuff out a little bit, kind of the super speedways do. I mean, AJ Allmendinger won for College Racing at Indianapolis, the last road course they were at. So we make Would this. You? Is that bad? I mean, is it something that do I get where you're coming from, Justin? Yeah, should that be a playoff race? I mean, it's up to for debate. I would say, and especially like you said, elim- an elimination race. However, you I don't also need to. I put, don't disagree that it could should be a playoff race. I'm okay with it being a playoff race. I'm just not okay with it being an eliminator race. But you also need to have TV views, and what's going to get TV views better than a race that can truly have anyone in the field win it? Texas, there is. If you even were doing odds for the Texas race, there's probably. 12 cars that you were actually put betting odds on the rest of the field is relatively irrelevant. So at least at a I gotta imagine course, Kyle Larson's a big favorite this race too. Probably him and I Denny Hamlin are probably open favorites. I just don't, I just, you know, you, I, I feel like you can flip that argument for the other way too on a road course. It's like, there's not, there's not, you know, I think you're speaking as to like we think that 25 guys could actually go out there and contend 
to win a race at the road course when that's just not really reality, right? Like, I bet you. So I would say right. It might be a little. It might be a little more. You like you. You're right. It might be the you know all the playoff drivers. So you might maybe the 16 drivers that make it. Well, have a like shot. Like I said, AJ Allman didn't want one earlier this year. Yeah, or not a playoff or a driver. Specialist, or a specialist. He's, he's not even a specialist anymore. So, by the way, Kyle Larson you don't, is the you don't go to not being a specialist. You, you, I mean, his his specialty is road course racing, questions. but he's also winning or leading the Xfinity points right now. Yeah, he's just a good racer. Like, so, but that's what I'm saying. Even Michael McDowell at one point this year ran really well at Daytona. Daytona road course. Chris Bell won the Daytona road course. I mean. Is there there playoff is, drivers? Michael McDowell's not a playoff driver. He was he's a playoff driver, but he's not. He got lucky on a super speedway. But he was being competitive, and that's now that's what I feel like. We should find more more races like that, like super speedway races, where it takes like all the cars seem relatively equal because you're in the draft, and it's just a well, matter of putting. And that's kind of what the whole in the right position. That's what the whole purpose the of this right new gen car is, though, too. It's to even this out. I think it was Corey LaJoy this weekend that was saying that there's going to be a lot more opportunity for smaller teams to actually win with this new car. He said it's going to be closer than what it has been. By the way, your betting favorites for this weekend uh, Kyle Larson opens up as the odds on favorite plus 275, Chase Elliott plus 550, Denny Hamlin plus 550. Uh, MTJ plus 600, Kyle Busch plus 600, Ryan Blaney plus 700, Logano plus 1,000, Kozlowski plus 1,200. Right. So after Kozlowski at plus 1,200, pretty much that's saying that no one else is going to win outside of Kozlowski. And those are the top eight drivers, correct, Eric? I believe so, yeah. That's all you need to know. Actually, that, yeah. that doesn't, I don't know if that's in order, but. I'm uh, not, I'm not saying, uh, you know, I think. I think you know. I guess my point is, uh, I just don't. I don't like it as the eliminator race, as opposed to. I'm okay with it being in the playoffs. I truly agree with you that it's all about best driver, and they should be able to drive on any condition or any track. And if they're going to win a championship, that's the way it should be. I just don't like. I don't necessarily agree that it should eliminate somebody from see i i I personally as a as the more casual but still invested nascar fan of the three of us i thought that race had such high drama because like you look at kyle larson who ended up winning the race dude was in 30th place at one point had to replace an alternator belt you look at you know kevin harvick and the chase elliott drama chase elliott any other track probably doesn't have much of a chance coming back from that that wreck Got it. Had enough, and actually, most races probably wouldn't have had a car. The track recommend or um, minimum speed, minimum speed, and the track um, requirements for the equipment probably wouldn't have panned out. I mean, he's sitting there with barely having the spoiler on the car, and the bumper wasn't mandatory, so he was able to pull the bumper off at one, that one point when it fell off, and then he ends up actually getting back into contention for the playoff spot chasing Harvick down, watching Harvick lock up. And then you had the controversy with Byron and uh, Reddick where Reddick kind of bumps him into the chicane and he has to come to a complete stop, loses a bunch of spots, ends up making it back. 
and then later losing it again um, due to just trying to run a little too hard through those corners. I, I thought it was high drama, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the only stance I have on, on the NASCAR playoffs that I don't like is just the fact that the championship comes down to one race. Well, and that's kind of what even I don't. I agree with Justin. Yeah, maybe it's going to be an eliminator race. Maybe we should get rid of the chase format altogether and go back to what we, what worked for fifty years before, and actually have a regular season champion. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, I don't. I I don't disagree with that. Like, if you're gonna like, maybe race it to like the last five races and and then reset them. You know, you have a regular season champion, and then you. Then you kind of, you know, seat them. But even point them the even way they do as now of today, then... Kyle Larson should be the champion, regardless of what happens these next four weeks, or or extend it out further. So then it, you get a bigger. I you know I don't I I'm not a true I'm not I'm I'm with you I'm not a real big fan of this style this way this I, I don't you know. All right. Well, it's hard, it's hard to say. It's hard. You know, it's just, it's not what we're used to. And we're still, and it's been in place for how long now? It's got to be, what, 10 years? Almost Something 20. Like Chase format started in 2004. Rams, is that what you were going to refer really? to? Yeah. All right. So, any, any parting thoughts here, boys? <laughs> no? No, I'm, no, not really. Check your emails. Rams. Check your emails. All right. That's the Roof for Wisconsin Show. Episode 44 is in the books. I'm Eric. That's Ramsey. And that's Justin. Signing off for the week. Last week at Tiger Football coming up this week here, too. Uh, be sure to tune in, and we'll have some con- sort of content throughout the week, as we usually do. Uh, again, we're out. We'll talk to you later. See you. Bye. Salud.